0: Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance
1: Podcast. Chris, it's sled pulling season. It is. It's that time of year here in the good old Midwest. You know, uh, start to see it branch off in other parts of the country, but uh, sled pulling is definitely a Midwest sport. Um, you know, country, uh, county fairs and things like that go on. 90% of the county fairs have, uh, have a night of sled pulling, so here we are.
0: I feel like you have to. Like, if you have a county fair and you're there and there's a track... I wonder if it's like a requirement to get to actually call yourself a fair that you have to have a sled pull. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> eh, yeah, I, I don't disagree. So,
0: guys, we had on Jeremy Garnett, our super tech, last week to talk about setting up the shop's sled pull truck. Yep. Um this week, we're going to have on the guy who actually drove the truck, Jaden, uh, who's never sled pulled before. Right,
1: well, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this, Paul. This resonates well with a lot of a lot of guys, you know. Uh, they're new to diesel. Uh, they've been around it, um, but they've never physically lived the life of diesel. Um, and one of those things, I think, are is sled pulling. You know, guys, they've gone to a county fair before. They have a buddy who's done it, and they kind of want to get involved and just you know without sugarcoating it like being an outsider looking in you think like oh it's simple like you just hit the gas and pull the sled and hope nothing breaks Uh, but it's a lot more more than that so I think having Jaden on and kind of going through he's got two pulls under his belt so far uh, for the first time ever so he uh, he's he's living proof of that (laughs) you know that adrenaline and there's going to be some mistakes along the way
0: absolutely well hey guys without any further ado let's get Jaden on the line here Jaden how the hell are you I'm doing great Paul how are you Doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. Uh, Jaden, we were just talking about uh, your limited experience with sled pulling, uh, but maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your experience around diesel performance.
2: Oh, so uh, I'm actually pretty much brand new to it. I've been around like uh, gasoline performance in like the Japanese car space for a while, and I've done heavy duty, like semi diesel for the last four years of my career. So I've been around these a little bit, but never in the competitive competitive space. Like okay. as far as drag racing, pull, never did none of that up until a week ago.
1: But you've been to county fairs. You've seen it. Oh, like, yeah. You knew what it was. For the
2: spectator, yeah, I've been a spectator for years. I've always loved watching it. But, yeah, getting to the other side of it, it's a lot different. Like you were saying, <laughs> you know, to watch it, you'd be like, yeah, I could do that. But to then get into it, yeah, the, the nerves definitely take hold. Yeah. How hard could it be if you're going less than 30 miles an hour? Exactly. That's what you think when you see. <laughs> like, yeah, so, like you said, mash the gas and hold on and hope your truck holds stays together.
1: <laughs> so let's... Let's you know kind of break this down, right? So uh, last week, um, well, two weeks ago now, they, we were scrambling, you guys are scrambling in the shop. you and Jeremy getting the truck all prepared and ready to go. Yeah. Uh, your first pull was this past Monday,-huh correct. Uh, so walk us through. like what, what led up to that? Like you know, you hook up, load up the truck trailer, you go drive a couple hours. What happens after that?
2: So yeah, we, uh, it was kind of a last-minute call because the rumor was we were going to go sled pulling, but we kind of figured we'd use Mavtron. Okay. what we've used in the past. And then last minute, we're like, no, we're going to use the uh, LB7. So we kind of scrambled to get some of the parts switched over, bigger tires, all that, and then just get it set up because it didn't have the, s- the suspension clamps and stuff before. So instead of throwing traction bars on the truck, we just did bump stops and suspension clamps. Figured, you good enough. Sure. And then, yeah, we got there. The uh, Right before we load up the truck, everything tested fine. We go to put the truck on the trailer, and four-wheel drive doesn't work. Oh, so like what the hell it just worked keep trying keep trying won't go in you can just you can hear the torque converter motor just skipping So at, at this point we're supposed to leave, you know the next day to go to Milledgeville. So we're all right Napa's got one in stock we ordered it up it's there in the morning go to open up wrong part No, so like all right. Well still early. Let's get that back Get an order a new part next one comes another wrong part Oh, my God. So now now we're down to the wire. Like, I need to leave in an hour and a half. So now <laughs> I drive to Napa and I say, hey, with the old part, like, this is the one I need. You guys said it so, showed on stock. You had everything in stock online. So this is the one I need. You got it. No, we need to order that one. So, uh-oh. So now I pretty much GPS the route to Milledgeville, called all the Napa's on the route, and luckily the one in East Rockford had it. <laughs> so I t- on the way to the pool, we stopped at Napa to pick up the part to then pull over there so i can throw the part on on the trailer before we unload it oh my god but luckily everything went great we got there threw the part on What'd you right the what, what, what it was the, the uh torque converter motor that actually actuates motor. it yeah right but yeah once once you got there threw it up in there and got four-wheel drive We're like nice because <laughs> at that point it would have been well guess we're pulling it too yeah for your first hook yeah. ever
0: yeah so that, that feels that feels right though, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. I feel like that's like almost a rite of passage. That's your first time out. I mean, I think it has to be hard. I think and it's, it's any time.
1: Nothing ever goes as planned, especially, you know, in in our fashion. We knew when the first pull was going to be. We should have planned a little bit better with the truck ahead of time and preparation. It, just it doesn't happen that way yeah so now it's scramble 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 and ho oh, by the way here's a roadblock so you get the truck there you get everything fixed right you're you're in the pits you're you're watching other trucks right there's other yeah. classes that go on before you what's that thought process like what are you doing to pr- mentally and physically prepare knowing that you're gonna you know be in the spotlight
2: yeah so I, I mean like i said i've been a spectator for years so i enjoy watching it so i had no problem watching the run so i pretty much sat there and watched all the runs before me and kind of was gauging how the guys were launching the trucks where people were hopping where it seemed like they were lose traction where they would grab so I was you know I was kind of like in my head planning like alright it seems like most guys kind of get out of the hole for about 50 feet and then they kind of mash it then and that's kind of like the game plan I put together in my head and I think it kind of backfired on me a little bit just cuz I was overthinking the whole process <laughs> but you know it, it, the nerves were definitely there like I said lining up I mean my adrenaline was pumping I love that and it's it, it's not like things are clearly like laid out for you there like no. as a spectator I cuz I've done like I said I did uh, I did a lot of snowmobile racing and stuff back in the day and there it's pretty clear out it's like all right this is this is the route there this is the order of the classes they're going in this is what you're going in the class this is how we want you to line up going into it yeah. all right With the truck pulling, it's just like, all right, yeah, you're signed up. Here's the driver's meeting. Here's the order of the classes. And then go find a piece of paper that tells you what order you're in. And then as far as lining up, it's... Pretty every much. man for himself
1: yeah I, I always think it, it's nice because when you go to these things you know everyone's really accommodating and, and it, it's a community right it's a oh, family yeah. when it's all said and
2: done you so definitely get that feeling
1: guys are willing to help other guys it's not like yo i'm gonna fucking i'll pull you or whatever like there's shit talking afterwards for sure but oh, yeah the initial get up and get situated and knowing where you're at in the lineup and stuff guys are generally pretty accommodating and willing to help it, oh, yeah. it if is it wasn't one of those. That I would have been lost. Yeah.
0: Right, and and yeah. that's what I was going to say. Is it's one of those that I feel like the competitors in the work stock class are are really your friends. Yeah, and that's the hard thing to wrap your head around. If you've been in other competitive spaces, oh yeah, where usually the organizer of the event, those are the ones who are going to give you all there. your directions. That's probably most of the the work stock polls we've been to. Which which usually work stock's not like technically a sanctioned class. They don't do like points championships right. for work stock mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but but generally, WorkStock is more just the enthusiast, the hobbyist, the guys who maybe don't have $40,000 in upgrades on their truck, the guys who, who are a little bit more limited budget, and and they're there to have fun, yeah. right? Because yeah. the prize money probably doesn't cover your fuel bill for the night. No, no. Just to get to the pole. <laughs> not, not if you're hauling a trailer there. It no. definitely won't. No. So, okay. So, now, now you had to weigh in at this one, but no other tech. It's-
2: no. No other tech. It was just a quick weigh-in, 8,000-pound limit. Okay. And that was it. <laughs> now,
1: let me ask you this. I know, I know back in 2019 when I used Mavtron, um, they didn't tech. And I was one of probably three or four trucks that were technically legal in that class. Yeah. Um, so I was pulling against guys with like single S400s. And I there was a couple of like compound turbo trucks in that class. And the reality of it is, is you know, the ISP class that we pull with, you know, they have two five three zero, like they, they have those bigger classes. They don't really care too much on the work stock, so it's kind of like the fair organizer sets up yep. a, a stock appearing, if you will. Yeah. Um, so they weigh you in or whatever, but I, I'd have to assume, you know, you were pulling against trucks that were probably a little more outside of what
2: your wheelhouse was with your truck. Yeah. If I were to guess, like I so said, nobody was really... uh. Opening their hoods and showing yeah. off what they had. So, but if I were <laughs> to guess, some of them looked a little, a little spicy.
1: Yeah, here going down the track too. I mean, you know, you have you're kind of like in this industry. You kind of have an ear for. Yeah. Okay, the way that thing sounds like that clearly doesn't have a variable vein on the truck anymore. That's clearly like a bigger <laughs> 400 or 300 frame. Um, you know, or, or
2: never in or, work or, stock. Right. How dare yeah. you? You hear the guy spooling sixty pounds of boost, and he's still rolling cool. Cole, right. you're like, wow, he's got a lot of fuel going to that
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, it's stock.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, and I think that that draws out a good point, Chris, because we've we've had the question for years: what does it take to win at sled pulling? And it turns out setup is a lot more important than horsepower. It's not a dyno competition. No, no. I a mean... lot of those trucks you talked about eat you on a dyno yeah i mean there were there were
1: trucks you know like i said when in 19 when we did it like there were trucks that made considerably more power than us and like i i we knew like after that season like i knew more about those trucks and you know these are trucks making two three hundred horsepower you know 150 horsepower more um but setup is everything you know suspension setup allowing the engine to operate in a rev range where it's in its meat of its power band you know that's everything there's a lot of um you know uh, misperceptions that guys have with sled pulling i got to run up rpm we've talked about it in prior episodes and i think if you look at a truck you look at a dyno graph you know you look at you know if 1600 rpm you look it out to 35 40 four thousand rpm you you notice that though certain trucks don't make power at four thousand, right those trucks make power at the 2900 3000 so you know you got to think that that's where you want to keep the trucks targeted RPM window. That's where you want to keep it. You yeah, want to have it...
0: The most power yeah, you can at yeah. all times.
1: The truck makes peak power at 2,900. Okay, you want the truck to shift at 3,300, 3,400 and then back down to 26, 2,700. That way it's going right into its sweet spot every time. That's right?
0: it, man. That's it. Now, Jaden, now you... You had a truck that we literally found out didn't have four-wheel drive as he loaded it on the trailer. So you were in a bit of a scramble down there in Milledgeville. Oh, yeah. You get lined up. You get out to the track. You, you had been watching guys and kind of have a feel for it. You got a game plan. What did the pull look like?
2: So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I had, the, I had this in my head the way I was going to do it because I'd watched a few guys go. Like I watched Jason go, and, I mean, he just put it down. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do exactly what he did because he seems to know what he's doing. And I'd imagine he's probably got a few pulls under his belt. I, I'd trust Worley, yeah, yeah, If I saw Jason Worley pull, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to try to do it like he did. So yeah. same thing. He, he kind of came strong out of the hole. And then right at the 50-foot mark, you could see he really lit that truck up. So I'm like, all right, in my head, that's the way I'm going to do it so I don't blow traction out of the hole. Because you know this is literally the first hook I've ever done, so I, I'm not even sure what the sled's gonna feel like behind me or anything. So I'm just thinking, if I go too hard, I'm gonna blow, I'm gonna blow the tires off the truck, and then I'm not gonna be able to recover from that. So I get into it, brake boost, probably about 15 pounds of boost. I, I go off, and then I, same thing, I start moving, and then I smash the throttle. And right when I smash the truck throttle, I think the truck made its two-three shift. And it defueled like crazy because we still had the the, uh, the street tune on the trans. Ooh. So I, I go into it, and then, whoa, it falls right it down. And then I, I just held it to the floor, and it, it came back alive. And then the same thing for the 3-4 ship defueled. And I was just like, man, at that point, I had too much weight, and I couldn't get it back. And that was that. So yeah. of, what did you place for your first pull? Um, it was so late at that point, we didn't even stick around for the rankings. I would, I would imagine it was probably somewhere in the middle of the pack. Okay. How many feet
1: did you pull? 220. Uh, from the pulls that you did see, what were other guys pulling with that sled?
2: Right around 280, 290. A so. couple guys right at the 300-foot mark.
1: So first time, a little bit of a hiccup. Got the You got that initial first one and done out of
2: the way, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So
1: you know, I'd say uh, you loaded the truck back on the trailer, nothing broke,
2: right? Well, uh, that's that's what we were saying to ourselves. We're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, great first pull of the year, nothing broke. And then we I get out of the truck and... Uh, the guy that was with me was, hey, uh, something's pouring out of the bottom of the truck. Oh no! Yeah, so we look underneath, and yeah, sure, sure thing. We blew a brake line, and it was okay. just dumping out. So well, that, that what were you
0: doing, riding the brakes once we were once you were launching? Would you, it was you, the brake. It was the brake booster <laughs> was, when you launched early, it. right?
1: <laughs> but I mean, to have that be the only casualty <laughs> is not bad, oh, right? We've easy. seen we've seen trans housings, transfer cases, drive shafts, rear ends, turbochargers, engines. Uh need I continue, Paul. No, right? I, I We've think seen that's everything. a pretty
0: good list to so get you started. I would be say
1: first time out, that's good. And then the following day, okay, we had uh we went to another poll.
0: Back to back polls. Yep. I love that. I love your first time being out, getting thrown literally out into the middle of nowhere. It's well, like an is like a two hour yeah, drive to get yeah. out to the first hour a round very trip.
1: small poll. And then we decided to change it up, right? So in our last podcast, we talked about him making a poll, me making a poll, and one of the other guys, Jeremy making a poll. That's right. Chris got scared, decided I got, I he got couldn't. Scared. I didn't want. I didn't want competition. Up. You know. I just. <laughs> right. I was. I was definitely nervous. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we decided to keep it. Uh, keep it with one driver, right? So the next day, you went to McHenry County. It was the the next poll, um, and definitely you got the right tune up in the trans. Oh yeah. Right. Um, you got your first pull jitters out of your system, right? Yep. Uh, what did that look like, right? What What did you do different in preparation going into your second poll?
2: Uh the preparation was kind of the same. It's like, it like I watched most of the guys before me kind of looked at the track scene where people were going but this time I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play with the pedal. I'm um, once I get out of the hole, I'm just going to hold it to the mat and you know, make sure I, I track straight as possible. And yeah, the the update on the tune on the trans was, you know, night and day difference. Right when I right when I got in the third gear, the truck started moving. So, I mean, big difference but <laughs> yeah. the, the first pull jitters yeah that was definitely a factor too because yeah. the first i mean just backing up to the, the trailer i was like Shaken. shaking a little bit like oh i hope i don't i hope i'm not off center or they're gonna yell at me or anything <laughs> yeah and then you, if
1: you get embarrassed It just happened to me yeah. right so it's like then you get embarrassed like god i'm an idiot in front of all these <laughs> like people. i don't want to
2: tap the sled while i'm backing up and yeah. they're like oh look at this rookie yeah. <laughs> i am a rookie i just don't want everyone to know it. i
1: mean that's what the bump stops
2: are for yeah. man yeah. Yeah. i will
1: i will say and i mean i want you know i want you to share this right so i I always love you get the truck you get you get prepared right you 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 run off the line you get the truck in motion you get out that 30 40 feet right you know that you're gaining some solid momentum you're probably doing 10 15 12 mile an hour 50 foot mark and you mash the throttle right and yeah. that our engine rpm comes up the truck comes to life you gain some momentum you're now doing high 20s low 30 mile an hour at that point and the truck's just going and you feel the sled you feel the ass end just starting to sink down you oh, know yeah. that sled's coming up that's where the adrenaline
2: kicks in oh yeah that's
1: where it's so much fun 100 yeah.
2: percent yeah right when right when you feel the speed start to carry yeah. and like, that's a that's, that's the, the, the fastest closing. 30 mile an hour yeah. you will ever go oh, by the yeah. way when you see the end of the track just closing in distance yep. you're like oh oh i'm doing it yep yep <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> that that is the that is the adrenaline rush that you can't describe to someone that has the outlook again like i've had in the past where sled pulling you know it, it's not fun it's it's stupid right yeah yeah and then you get in the driver's seat and that that point is like okay like i'm hooked like this is fun it
0: it is wildly more fun to participate than to spectate oh Uh, yeah
1: i don't know man i mean i've always like me and my buddies when we used to go case a beer sit in the stand sit in the tailgate of the truck get all smashed watch the polls like dude that that's what summertime county fairs are about in my opinion oh yeah
0: do get being drunk with your friends pretty much anywhere is fun yeah but if we're talking about spectating period Eh. driving period driving's more fun Dr- it, no, driving no driving questions. is more fun. Driving is more fun. Getting drunk with your friends. Yeah, okay. That I get it. <laughs> it all, I get it. <laughs> the fair as a liquor license or not? There <laughs>
2: <is>.
0: <laughs> now, now you went out. You pulled three ninety seven, which tells me really light slide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, generally, they want to keep you into that three hundred foot mark. It Has a lot to do with insurance policies yeah. and things like that. Uh, well,
1: most of these tracks don't have long runways.
2: Yeah. So. I mean, no, this one literally ends with a hill. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so you're you, you a berm. it's a,
1: it's not a hill it's a berm it's yeah. a, that goes into the parking lot so right. let's just you know <laughs> like
2: yeah it's not gonna be a rough a rough, uh, nice stop so no. i'd imagine you're running up the berm at the end now you are first pull too i was supposed to be but because of the mass confusion that the way we'd lined up a truck out in front of me and ended up taking the first pull from me oh okay i was like yeah whatever luckily, okay luckily the pull the pull went so good that I probably would have turned down the second pull anyway, but yeah, I, I, if you end at three ninety seven yeah, and you're the first right. three guys, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, I'm, oh I'm got it. Yeah, but right in my home. head, it clicked because yeah. right in my head, I clicked. I'm like, oh, I lost first pull, now I really got to put it down, yeah, because yeah. so, I don't have a second chance at this.
1: So let, let's walk through the the landscape there. How many guys were in that 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 class? Like eight, eight, nine trucks. I think it was, yeah, I think it was eight. Okay, so second pull, you do three ninety something, awesome. Um, what what were some of the trucks that were stacked up in that lineup? Were they the same trucks from the night? prior were they different what did that look like
2: uh, i don't think i've seen any of the trucks on the night prior wow I it's a think, pretty, it pretty like good distance of Iowa guys between down in uh, millageville most, most of the guys i talked to were from the uh, like the buke area and all that okay yeah.
1: okay so trucks again not wanting to pop their hood i mean
2: chris i'll tell you i was out i was out at the sled
0: pole with jaden getting set up so i didn't hang around for the poles i went there and just kind of went through the check-in and like okay. hang out for the driver's meeting and whatnot uh, I walked around the parking lot 15 minutes before the driver's meeting and got on the phone with Nick and said, hey, uh, I only see two trucks in the entire pit area that are for sled pulling. Every other truck in the pit area has a trailer hooked to it that pulled a tractor in or is inside of an enclosed trailer like it's clearly a hot street truck yeah. for tonight. Like there is only, and that's 15 minutes before check-in. Now, I knew there was at least one other truck. I had gone up to check about... 45 minutes before check in, uh, there was only three trucks in the class at that time. Wow. So a bunch of guys got checked in and signed up like literally in the last 15 minutes. Um, and then you guys didn't pull. Of course, work stock almost always goes last. Yeah. So whatever the pull order is, they're just like, you're last and the least important. Oh, is, yeah. Is
2: kind of how <laughs> it feels. I don't think the first pull even happened till maybe quarter to two and it was supposed to start at one yeah okay. which which again super common sled pulls
0: fairs that's right. just the way shit goes um the track when i left the track looked premium now we are in the mecca of good sled pulling tracks right, right? like we don't have a ton of clay we don't have rocks we don't have gravel like like we have good, good dirt yeah, good and sport. then we also have crews that show up especially with isp a shout out for them about a phenomenal maintenance crew to keep the track good all night
1: that's that's their that's their bread butter right they take that stuff seriously with the track you know the sleds and they're scraping uh, it they're spraying it they're
0: smoothing it they're packing it like it 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 is a really solid uh solid effort on their part so so it was cool to see that um how did it hold up because by the time you got to it it is quite a
2: bit later in the day had it dried out and gotten real dusty by then it definitely dried out a little bit but I mean, the conditions were great. I mean, I don't have a ton of experience out there, but it, I didn't feel like I was bouncing around or nothing. I mean, it That's felt a like a nice thing. flat track. Yeah. Having
1: a couple of divots in the track, you know, the truck starts getting a little bit of wheel hop, a little bit of bouncies. That, that that hurts your momentum. Yeah,
0: cause. well, you know those big tractors, because they were run. I think Antique ran on your side of the track, too, before you yeah. guys. So, like, the Antique guys get out there, and, like, most of the Antique guys aren't going to have enough power to spin out. They're yeah. usually yeah. just going to kind of bog down at the end. But you get one big tractor out there yeah. who spins out, yeah. and you're it's like, well, this track. Way. Yep. Right. Let's get the maintenance crew out because it gets rough.
1: So so out of the eight trucks, how did you place uh, the second
0: pole? Uh, I did third place. Third place. Yeah. 397 feet okay. only got you
2: third
1: place. You know yeah. what the uh, the two guys ahead of you, you know what they pulled?
2: Yeah, I think the second place, I believe, it was like 403. So okay. Just just barely got past me. And then the guy who won it was 4'10", I believe.
1: Okay, so now, I mean, change. you're talking 10, 13 feet at that yeah. point. I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze you're there. at. yeah. Your second yeah. pull out, right? And I Your couldn't really build time. boost
2: on this run either because, like, with the brake line blowing and it being such an early pull, I mean, we just got back. I got back at midnight the night before to then come back work at 8 in the morning to then get the truck fixed to be that the fair by noon. Right, <laughs> right. So we didn't really have a good chance to bleed all the air out of the brakes. So, I mean, the brakes were not holding at all. It was pretty much... Build boost until the truck starts go. moving. Because, yeah, I was trying to do a couple, like, pre-launches in the parking lot just to feel it out, and I couldn't even b- barely hit the throttle without rolling right through the brakes. Oof. Wow. Man, and still pulled 397. Yeah. Now, this truck's yeah.
0: stock fuel limited, Chris. It's got yeah. stock I mean, injectors. It does have the 10-mil pump and the the lift pump on I it. I would but. say
1: that it's probably your, your mid-range, entry-level work stock truck. I mean, yeah, there's an upgraded turbo, right? Yep. Um, it has the most minimal suspension upgrades possible um if you wanted to get if that truck was something that we wanted to continue with you know you get more competitive throw bigger injectors in it turn the truck up you know and get more out of it but you know it's a it's a it is a true 600 horsepower street truck that is 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 classified to you know pass any of the work stock class requirements, and now some of these change from time to time, but that is as, as legal as you're going to get in a work stock truck. That's right. Um, stock airbox. I also I didn't realize, I was talking to our trans
0: builder DJ this morning, um, I just assumed it had a DT750 built trans, which, which is a little bit beefier yep. of an option. Nope, it's got a DT550 in yep. it, and it's holding up.
2: A massive amount of abuse yeah. right now <laughs> like, oh, yeah. a massive amount of abuse and it's doing it well yeah, four wheel low launches are definitely not easy on your trans <laughs> no not at all not at all
1: and especially harnessing you know 1200 foot pounds of torque through it yeah you know 1100 foot yeah, no torque. suspension
2: travel
0: either to eat that right. up exactly that's right Man, what a blast. So so we got one more pull coming up uh, that we're going to have you piloting the truck, and then we're going to turn it over to uh, Super Tech Jeremy and have Jeremy probably get out and either do a dirt drag or okay. some pulls with it. He wanted to get get behind the wheel and have some fun.
1: So l- let me ask this, right? For So you have another pull, right, in, yeah. in, in the works. What are you going to do different, right? You have to be thinking about that. You, know, you, you have two pulls. You've done those two differently, right? Yeah. You've learned from one to two. What are you going to do differently? What's your thought process going into pull
2: three? Well, one thing I definitely noticed, like that, I wasn't doing the other guys were doing is taking more time at the staging like yeah. the staging area because it seems like they give you the double green you can go but it doesn't seem like they're really in a hurry for you to go so <laughs> to me like i mean it's probably the adrenaline rush so i was like all right I, yeah. I gotta go once i once the build boost hit it.
1: this isn't a racetrack right yeah, you know yeah, you're not yeah, know, a tree
2: it's probably the, the race mentality but yeah I, I saw other guys like really sit there stage and get get their boost built and really be ready before they hit the launch and then a couple guys, even when they didn't get a good launch out of the hole, stopped before the 100-foot mark and so they restarted. Because yep. I, I didn't even realize that was a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So And, and that's the, that's one of the things I love is that even though you work here at Duramax Junior, where we have tons of guys in the building with sled pulling knowledge, you've been around sled pulls before you've seen them. Yeah. But actually getting all of the little, like, details of the ins and outs of, like, oh, yeah, if you're first, you could choose to drop or, you, you know, yeah. you can go last or third – Um if you pull less than 100 feet, like, yeah, you could stop the sled, uh, which is a good way to get your your test, your bump stops. But yeah, you could stop the sled under 100 feet and get to repull. Um, those are all just like standard things that we forget to tell new guys all the time. Like, that's everybody, everybody has forgotten to tell the new guy those rules, well, right? It's like those little I things. I mean, I think,
1: like, you know, if you were to have asked me, how do you sled pull, you know, this question was asked. That That's not the thing I think of. Yeah. You know, you don't think of those little intricate things. Unfortunately, those are the things you you learn as you go. You that's know? it,
0: man. Yeah. Do so, it wrong a couple times. You'll figure out how to do it the right oh, yeah, way. You I hate really to say that
1: because it's <laughs> not – the thing that's out about sled pulling, like you can't – if you're going to go race your vehicle at the track, you could go on a test and tune day and you can go, you know, run your vehicle as many times as you want or that's allotted in that time period and get data. Um, sled pulling, there, there really isn't like a track that you can rent out or, you know, you can go to a specific location, hook up to a sled and collect data and, and kind of work out those nerves. It's more or less, oh, there's a pull, you know, there's a brush pull or, oh, there's this fair here, but it's, it's not ISP. It's not a points pull, but I can hook up to the trailer or the sled rather. That, that's your only option. And how many brush pulls do we see you usually see them more towards the middle end of the year. You don't yeah. see them in the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season sleds are booked. It's, They're at fairs. Yeah, that the, the beginning of the season it's going to be, you know, your for us it's the ISP or the Badger State if it's yep. Wisconsin. Like those are the polls that you're going to find yourself having to go to for test and tune, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. yeah, there are still some big semi-public, semi-private events um that i think i'll have a brush hook here yeah. and there but but they are there I, I feel like we're seeing less and less of them in our area yeah. with guys even trying to organize them or put them together right. because i know some guys that i've talked to have like oh yeah i put it i used to put a brush hook together but i was getting less and less people to show up every year because right. it's not a points pull because right. all the hardcore pullers are in an association right. they're in a club they're already pulling they're looking for points they're not going to go risk their truck right th- to be in somebody's backfield right. right but but still you're absolutely right if you get a shot those are one of the best places to yeah. hook, uh, because it's usually a run what you brung. So it seems so like there's so many
2: extra variables in, in sled pulling too, compared to like you know autocross racing or drag racing. Because I mean that you know you know what your tires can hold. You're gonna have the same pretty much same surface on most tracks. Yeah. I mean you get a little bit different of track prep, but you can pretty much account for those things. Like with the sled pulling, like it's a different sled almost every time. I mean you could have different you know dirt on the ground. If but, it rains the night before, if it doesn't rain the night before, I mean, <laughs> dirt holds that moisture a lot longer than asphalt does. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I am excited. Uh, we got a call out to all the work stock cheaters out there. Come find Jaden August Jeez. 11th in Belvedere at the Boone County Fairgrounds. He's going to be pulling in the work stock class that evening. Uh, guys, come on out. Check out the truck. It is a ratty the raggedy parts truck lb7 with the old man topper still on it uh it's got a very small list of parts pretty standard list of parts upgraded that as things failed we replaced them with upgrades uh but yeah we'd love to see everybody come on out and try to beat this truck oh yeah excellent uh listeners stick around we are going to have a lot more diesel performance podcast coming at you right after a word from our sponsors
3: the xdp extra cool high performance coolant additive enhances the performance of the cooling system in your vehicle. This coolant additive has been specially formulated to maximize the thermal transfer properties of your engine coolant to lower your temperatures. Not only does the extra cool additive reduce engine coolant temps, the premium additives in this formula prevent buildup and corrosion to extend the life of your cooling system and cooling system components. XDP extra cool coolant additive is safe for use in all cooling systems and is compatible with all types of coolant. To find out more about the XDP Extra Cool High Performance Coolant Additive, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you.
0: Whirly Custom Fab has been providing custom upgrades for the Duramax, Cummins and Powerstroke community for over 15 years. Jason, Ryan, and the rest of the Whirly crew are known for their excellence in not just fabrication, but also finish and fit and form. So we know that it's going to be a high-performing part. We know that it's going to look amazing. And because of Whirly custom powder coating, we also know we can get it in absolutely any color we want. If you're thinking about upgrading the airflow, or you're thinking about traction bars, or you're thinking about upgrades that WC Fab can help you with, stop what you're doing right now and go to wcfab.com today. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help, help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive, even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price. There's still a lot of labor that goes into that that job. The fuel system saver increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck, it's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system safer. Sean Lynn, remote support expert. How the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. Uh, Sean, we've had you in to talk about all sorts of cool stuff, uh, mostly around all of our diesel stuff. Now, every once in a while on the show, we do like to talk about EcoBoost. I know, guys, I know it's not a diesel, but... Uh, we do do EcoBoost tuning over at Calibrated Power Duramax Sooner and that is something that you troubleshoot uh, or take calls on uh, with customers fairly regularly.
4: Yeah, um, it seems becoming more popular, and
0: frankly, after driving one, I can see why people like these things. (laughs) They they really are a blast, guys. If you haven't had a chance to get out and drive an EcoBoost with a calibrated power tuning, you're going to want to. Uh, If your wife has one, or your your family members have one, or you have one as your daily driver, uh, you absolutely need a tune. Driving them stock is cool, but man, with a tune on them, they really wake up. It feels almost like a diesel does, except probably a little more responsive.
4: Yeah, it's just a little different cuz it's a little bit more of an initial power feel whereas the diesel you got to wait a second for the turbo to spin up. Yeah. Kind of
0: thing, but still very similar power-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh cool man. So what are some of the common questions you get around EcoBoost tuning? Oh, the first one's the
4: the biggest of them all, obviously. Um, What tune do I run is usually the first thing we get when they call
0: us. No, and that's because I think we give them like six tunes and a trans file when when we set them up with tuning.
4: Yeah, some of them have an engine and a trans tune separately, which I believe is the Raptors. And then the other F-150s have um, a single file with engine and trans tuning built in. That's right. That's right. And, and there's then, at
0: least six different tunes for <laughs> each of them. And that comes down because there's tow, street, and sport on both both platforms. But then we also do flex and non-flex. Is that right? Or flex and just straight E85. Yeah. The flex
4: tunes are designed to run gas or ethanol with mix, mixes, obviously. And then the E tunes are just designed for straight ethanol.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So the flex stuff, guys, that means if you're in a 15 or newer EcoBoost, you literally put the tune on your truck and you can run up to E40 with, with nothing. You don't have to do anything. The truck automatically detects the level of ethanol that's been blended into the fuel and adjusts its timing uh, and some of the other parameters to make sure that the truck runs smoothly. So you, you don't have to do anything but put the fuel in and drive, right?
4: Yeah, the the 15 and 16 trucks don't support as much ethanol content. I believe they are good for E30. And then the 17-plus trucks are good for E50, I believe.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, what about the guys who want to run straight ethanol? They want to run pure E85. What do they need to do to their trucks? Um, It can be done with some modifications, of course. Sure. Um, We're
4: talking injectors, a bigger pump, and then... um, a bigger in-tank pump as well. Gotcha, So okay. pretty much the whole fuel system.
0: Right, so so you need to fix your supply issue is what it really comes down to. So so you're going to find that E85, when you're running pure E85 or even higher ethanol contents, uh, you're not gonna get the same miles per gallon. The hopeful offset is your cost per mile, right? So it's a different way of looking at your cost of fuel. If you just look at straight miles per gallon, e is not gonna get the same miles per gallon. Uh, so it's going to use more fuel, right? But if that fuel costs you a lot less, hopefully that will offset the cost. Really, what I think a lot of our customers are using it for is performance. Yeah,
4: even the guys we work with, uh, Justin Vineyard runs that in his Cadillac, so
0: it makes pretty big power with it too. That's right, yeah. He, he's not looking for any fuel mileage in it, right? <laughs> you're, no. You're going to get a, a more stable combustion and make more power, is, is essentially what it comes down to.
4: Yeah, it just keeps you safer when you're running higher horsepower levels, less knock, and happier you.
0: There you go, man. Absolutely. Sean, any pro tips for guys who are installing our EasyLink EcoBoost tuning?
4: Yeah, um, I would just make sure that if you're going to run regular gas or mix together with ethanol, you install a flex tune. And then if you're running more E in it, then you should run the ethanol tune.
0: Nice and easy. Well, I definitely appreciate your time, Sean. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. No problem. Guys, stick around. We're going to have our uh, super tech, Jeremy Garnett, stop by and help us out with some pro tips over in the shop. super tech jeremy garnett how the hell are you i'm wonderful how are you i'm doing great man thanks for asking uh jeremy we just had sean lynn stop by the studio talk to us a little bit about eco tuning uh we've talked to jaden your co your uh co-conspirator over there in the shop okay. about sled pulling <laughs> today uh so we had him on the show to talk about that lb7 that you walked us through the build on last yeah, week yep. uh and this week i was hoping we could get back into a really good super tech segment uh of actually working on some trucks what do you got
3: uh, 15 LML. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, everybody loves their
0: LMLs, right? <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> All right, you got a 15 LML. Uh, what's the problem?
3: Uh, well, it's actually an employee's truck. Uh, customers complaining that uh inside the truck, air conditioning is not working properly. So everybody knows on an LML that the compressors go bad. So we started off putting a new compressor on it. And then he still wasn't getting that good of air conditioning inside the truck. Here in the Midwest, it's, it's 90, a big deal. It's, it's a big deal lately. I mean, the winters are cold and the summers are humid, so it's, That's it's, it. it's hot.
0: And I know this employee, he absolutely hits his remote start 30 minutes before he has to get oh, the at truck. at least,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 4.30, the truck's already running. <laughs> That's
0: right. He'll go out there and start it twice, so that when he gets in it, the, the seat coolers have, have actuated enough that it'll actually be cold when he gets exactly, in there. Exactly, yeah. He's so, the only guy I've seen put a sweater on when he gets in his truck. <laughs> Um, okay, so so you put a compressor in it. Still not getting a lot of love. What's what's the complaint? Is it just like, oh, it's not blowing enough, or it's so not
3: cold enough? It, well, on this truck here, it's a Denali, so it's a GMC Denali. Um, it has a uh, automatic temperature control. Okay, so the automatic temperature control has the dual zone, you know, driver passenger, and it's just it's not blowing very cold, and the fan is always on high. Ooh. So I mean, it 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 just seems like the truck's always uh, trying to get the truck to cool down so the fan's always on high and it's just not cooling the truck down um then we had noticed that the driver's side is blowing a little bit warmer than the passenger side okay so when you do the dual temperature okay we set the driver's side to like say 65 well his wife's cold or cold or whatever she turns the heat up yeah she wants to go to 70 on her side well it's not going down on his side as fast as her side or enough okay so that's where we were like, okay, let's get into it. And we found that we had a couple bad mode actuators inside the dash. How do you, how do you find those? Um, well, in this particular case, I uh, look in the, the start taking it apart. And then I'm looking in there with an actual flashlight mirrors. Uh, and I'm actually trying to get a look at the motors themselves. Because you can see um, on these trucks here, there's plastic gear. So the motor runs a plastic gear that runs another plastic gear. So that all it is is two plastic gears meshed together. What could go wrong? The, right. turns the <laughs> door. So, Well, my first instinct was I've seen it before because GM's really good at it on, their, on the cars. Uh, my wife has a cruise. I mean, yeah. uh, that she commutes back and forth to work with. Well, one of the plastic gears broke on her car. Well, that's what I was thinking on this, but it ended up being that the gears seemed fine. We just didn't see the motor moving its full swing. Okay. So... Now we got to tear into it.
0: <laughs> now these are buried behind the dash. Yes. Oof. So. Can I just say interior parts? Fuck you.
3: You know, you give me a Dodge Ram, I'll dig it. I, I love that thing. I mean, <laughs> Dodge has it down. I mean, you give, me, you give me a Ram from an 01 to like, you know, a 10. I mean, that.
0: Yeah. I'll well, be, the dashes are all cracked already, so they're easier well, to come that's out. that's
3: what I mean. It's just like four <laughs> bolts are out, but, you know. Um this one here was a little different just because I've taken GM dashes apart before on Tahoes, Silverados, yeah. older models. So we're, you know, 05s, 06, 01s, okay.
0: stuff like
3: that. But I start digging into this one and you know, first thing I love to do is I love to look at all data, uh data fix. Um, I know I'm getting into a job some nights I'll I'll be at home and I'll be looking on my computer. <laughs> and being, trying to get just trying to get an idea of what I have to do and what I'm getting myself into. Right. Um Well, looking at the instructions, I'm like, oh, man, it don't look that bad. Well, I got into this one, and there's no instructions on this one actually saying how bad this one is. (laughs) (laughs) This one is the worst one I've done yet.
0: It, I will say I walked by the truck and every piece of the interior was torn out. And I didn't even ask any questions. That's usually like yeah. if you work in a shop but you're not a mechanic, you sometimes just learn when to shut the fuck up. And that seemed like a good time for me to shut the fuck up.
3: Yeah, but no one else did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean everybody else that walks by was like holy shit yeah like what are you doing
0: well the center council was out at one point
3: oh yeah the center council was on the floor I had the, he has a tunnel cover on the back of his truck yeah there was piece his whole tunnel cover on the back of the truck was just filled with parts all the way from those shit handles to this you know the rocker plates you know
0: <laughs> how how bad do you need that tool zone working bro yeah how bad how bad do you want it it was real bad. It was real bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but the best part about it is when I we went back together, I, I found where every single screw went. So, I didn't have any extras.
0: That doesn't sound right. I know. I know know a lot of mechanics, Jeremy, and I want to call bullshit. You (laughs) should have had at least three leftovers. No, there's
3: zero. (laughs) (laughs) And and, in all regards, I mean, the dash pad has to come off before you actually pull the dash on this truck. Right. So, it has this nice stitched dash pad. Well, you have to pull the dash pad off to actually get to the actual metal part of the dash to move the dash. Right. Luckily enough, I didn't have to pull it all the way out. I was just able to move it, you know, six, eight inches to get in there and get to my we replaced all four okay you know, so
0: why replace just one? Oh my god can you imagine going back in in two mm. weeks
3: exactly i mean it was it's 300 bucks in parts <laughs> i mean it was 300 dollars for all the four motors 170 or 300
0: yeah I mean, what are we doing what are, what we, are we, you know the labor's four times as much as what the parts are You're just, exactly. like, what, what there's no conversation to be had here
3: so and then we even went the extra step as while well. i was in there um i made sure all the plastic gears moved so this you know, like I mentioned before, it has the dual temperature. Yeah. So, uh, one motor alone will, will won't allow you to go super hot, super cold. Okay. So you can't go forty, you know, negative, you know, sixty, and then a full hot. Okay. It, you just it, the motors won't do that. So it has a gear in there. that will actually like let you do the dual temperature, um, which is one motor ran to three different sets of gears. Ooh. So. I took that apart, made sure all the gears moved properly, re-greased yeah. everything, because I didn't want there to be a problem. <laughs> I, I don't want it. Oh, shit, it doesn't work.
0: Right, right, and right, right. right. I, I just spent three days on this, and and I fired it up, and we got the same issue. Right. Right. Or
3: a different issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I didn't want. And then the question got asked so hey does does it work i'm like i don't know i'm more concerned about everything else <laughs> does your usb does your usb port work you know, right. does your heated seat button work Does your seat work? <laughs> so i'm like give me a minute i'll tell you if it works or not
0: i love that well hey jeremy if we got somebody at home who has to tear into one of these projects what's a good pro tip for them
3: a uh, good pro tip is uh i love parts trays parts trays and uh baggies uh ziploc bags i mean you you can get a box of fifty for a couple bucks.
0: Yeah. You
3: know, just parts bags, parts trays. Um organizing. Just we you know, on this particular job I had I don't know, a thousand screws out. So <laughs> I mean I had the steering column on the floor. I mean the steering column was on the floor, everything just parts trays, baggies, and a you know, just a sharpie, just it, that extra couple of minutes here and there will save you so much time.
0: It's what prevents you from having three extra screws at exactly, the end, right? Yeah. Is, is you're like, okay, no, I actually know exactly where all of these go.
3: Right. Even label them where they go in the parts trays, like you know, hey, you know, lower lower left side, upper left side, upper you know, middle, <laughs> you know, radio, anything. That way you kind of have an idea where they go.
0: Yeah, yeah. That way you don't get done and you just have 500 screws in 20 bags, and you're like, oh, good. Right. They're all bagged. <laughs>
3: well, and the you other thing is you know what too, they is, are. Last thing you want is a dash rattle.
0: Yeah. Ugh.
3: I mean, those there's so many little metal clips in there. You just you don't want a dash rattle. I mean, and knowing whose truck I worked on, what would be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'd be worse than giving it back to him with three tires. Exactly. I I, I 100% got it. That's awesome, man. What a good pro tip. Uh, Jeremy, I'm super excited. I know we have Jaden coming up, sled pulling the LB7. We're going to get you in the truck shortly after that. Uh, So we got a lot of cool stuff for you listeners. Stick around, guys. Chris and I are going to be wrapping up this show. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good day. Chris, we had a fun show today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, definitely on the topic of sled pulling, it's been heavy for us the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I think it needs to be uh, it needs to be exposed, right? There's a lot of guys that inquire uh, information regarding this. That's right. And we're living it. You know, we're we're living it in the moment. And I think this year was a, a huge opportunity to get someone like Jaden on board who had expressed some interest in doing it, Um, so he's a beginner and and more of a modest truck and kind of going through some of the hardships along the way.
0: You know, I I will say that's totally true, Chris, because over the years, I've gotten to see a lot of guys here at Duramax Tuner pull for their very first time and go out and get to experience that, and we got some great footage we're going to be sharing of the pulls. We got cameras on Jaden's face where you can see a real first-time puller and, like, Trust me, you could clearly see what he is feeling at the moment. Uh, So make sure you check out the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel. We'll have that stuff up there shortly. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners and all of our fans for reaching out to us. Please go over and send us a message on Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group uh, or like and subscribe. And the best thing you can do to help the show is tell a friend. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening.
1: Chris got scared, decided he could. I got, I got couldn't, scared. I didn't, want, I didn't want, I didn't want competition. Up.